Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by my great co-hosts, Mark Osterman, MTM's managing editor, and Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies. How are you guys doing today? I'm, uh, I'm a little beat up today. I coached the soccer team at my kid's school, so first practice was today. It was hot out, and I'm supposed to have a buddy helping me out, and he didn't show up, and I did not get the text warning me that he was not going to show up. Uh, he did text me like 10 minutes before practice, but my phone was in the car. So I didn't even know it was a thing. And then I didn't even know this was your buddy. So you got that's <laughs> that sucks. He let you down, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he knew he wasn't going to be there like Saturday, Sunday. Like he had he had plenty of time. It wasn't like a last minute thing. So I'm sitting there with 16 kids that range from the level of never seen a soccer ball before to travel soccer. So that's kind of like a, a tough group to manage uh, with two people, much less just one person. Uh, we got through it, but it was a uh, it was a bit messy, and I didn't know until like the minute practice started that he wasn't coming. <laughs> what age, your son or your daughter? Uh, or is, so, or is so it it's all actually, mixed. It's all well. It goes from third grade to eighth grade, so we have it ranges in that that big of a, a range since it's a smaller school. That's the way they do it. So yeah, lots of lots of age differences, lots of uh, levels of of skill are all over the map. So it's tough. <laughs> Are you watching Ted Lasso to to know how to to properly? No, I don't have Apple TV. I should get it though. I heard that show's awesome. It's an awesome show. Yeah, I'll teach you a thing or two about about coaching soccer. Of course, he knows nothing about soccer. That's sort of the joke of the of the show. So he's like Mike Mike, it, Mike but... Piazza buying a professional team, right? Kind oh, of. Uh, he's like a Mets singer, Joe Mets. <laughs> oh, guy Mike Piazza. I remember his Dodgers days. He was good when he was at the Dodgers, and then. He, he was, was still good with, with the, the Mets, Mets, right? No, yeah. No. Yeah. Mark's referencing Mark's referencing Piazza bought a soccer team in Italy and ran it into the ground. Yeah. I remember vaguely remember hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he ran it into the ground. I remember like when the story when he oh, bought yeah. it. Oh so yeah. That, that town like ground, huh? that town like hates him now. So. <laughs> and his wife. His I think his wife was more at fault from the story I read. Like she was doing all kinds of crazy. She took over and just did all kinds of crazy things, and they didn't understand the history and. European soccer is very confusing with the different levels and making money if you move up and losing money when you move down and all that stuff. So I don't even know why they considered buying it. But yeah, pretty much destroyed a town. Thankfully, I'm not Italian, so I have nothing can besmirch my love of Mike Piazza. But I do feel for that town. They uh, had it uh, pretty bad. And I just uh, want to follow up. I think a month ago, I said by the end of the week, the Mets would be out of first place. They were three and a half games up at the time, and now they're eight games back. So, Nostradamus. It's your right fault. Here. It's your fault, though. You jinxed them. I mean, my it, fault. That's not a jinx. That's it just happens the truth. every year, I though. I spoke right? the truth. No, no, Sean, not every no. year. Most years, okay. we're just mediocre, and we don't even have to deal with this pain. But on special years, like in 2007, you know, we blow seven seven game lead with 17 games to go. So, that's the Mets. Tigers did that one year. We blew. Uh, we had like a three-game lead with four games to go, and Miguel Cabrera went out and got drunk with the opposing team that ended up beating us that weekend. And <laughs> we went to. Please a, don't tell me it was the Yankees. That would have made it. No, even worse. it was the White Sox. And uh, then we ended up playing a game one sixty-three, like a playoff game against the Twins. And it was a really. It was probably one of the best baseball games I've ever watched. You know, like a throw. Uh, somebody got thrown out at the plate in like the eighth or ninth inning when the score was tied and stuff. We ended up losing, but. It was, yeah, so we've been there. <laughs> so how was your triumphant return to the school building, Joe? Feel good? No, feels terrible. But uh, no students yet. They I love how every home. parent out there like just would love to hear that that's probably what their teacher, their parents' teacher says. It was terrible. I mean, 
even without everything that's going on right now, the return to school without students has always been terrible for me. I hate I hate working with adults, and I have to meet with adults for seven days before the students come. Like, what's that say about that us? I, mean, I don't think he considers you an adult. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, wow. Sean, Sean is sharp today for the live recording. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I just don't like I don't like having meetings with adults. So I'll be I mean, we'll see what it's like when the kids come. I did. There were some freshmen in for orientation today, so it was nice to see some young adults. But until school actually starts next Thursday, um, you know, I I can I can leave all this up. Apparently next Tuesday we are gonna do some trust fall nonsense so oh this i want video of this i would pay to have video of joe doing a trust fall oh my god this is amazing yeah i think we're going to some place well we're going to the place that our students the freshmen are going to go and do like ropes climbing courses and stuff like that that's in a few weeks and apparently we're going this year to like i guess this is the first time we're going to this place our kids have done stuff like this in the past but this is a new place for us so Yay! Rope climbing and trust falls with adults—my favorite. Sounds like uh, sounds like an amazing time. You, uh, well, you know, you gotta that road trip had to end at some point, right? And it's it's real life here. I don't know if I would trust Mark to catch me. Like if I was doing a trust fall, I most certainly would. <laughs> if I were you, I would certainly not. I trust Mark to catch me. I, but if I were you, I would not trust Mark to catch me. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I would uh, would allow that to <laughs> allow that to happen. I'm wondering. I'm trying to think of of who I would I would trust. I think PDX Deals guy would would catch me. He wouldn't let me fall. The rest of you guys, I don't know about that. You guys would just laugh at me. I don't know. He's pretty old. He might he might like break his arms or something. Yeah, he might. Yeah, that's right. He might drop me. But He's brittle. At least he would try. At least he would try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the show. Before we do that, if you guys like the show, consider subscribing. You can find everything related to the show at mtmpodcast.com. You can subscribe in Apple, Google, pretty much any podcast app, the app that you're listening to this right now in. But you can find links for everything at mtmpodcast.com. And as a reminder, if you want to dive deeper into the world of miles and points, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. $15 a month gets you access to our Slack and our Facebook groups. Sounds a little weird to say that because it was $10 as we talked about last week. The, the price did change, but check that out. We have a really great group of people there. And if you like our content, don't forget applying for credit cards, anything else, use our links, support us if you find value with our content. Again, mtmpodcast.com. And speaking of that, uh, Mark, what happened this week with uh, say, City? And except <laughs> for uh, the next, uh, don't use these links. But uh, other than that, yeah. Yes. So I, I guess we should uh, address the topic of City. Uh, last week, City dropped us as an affiliate partner, uh, which I wrote up on the site about and kind of gave you the overview. But if you didn't read it or, or were looking for more background, basically, we wrote some articles. Well, it was mainly me writing articles. Um you know, talking about some of the issues that we have with City uh, from a consumer standpoint, from as a customer, we talked on this podcast about the craziness. If you have a fraud alert that you have to call in, and and people kept like on a weekly basis would uh, you know comment and say, "Hey, they asked to call my sister to verify my account like last week, and this is bizarre, and they're making me do all these different hoops, and I spent an hour on the phone, and they still had to send me a postcard." So I kind of updated that and said, you know, they had promised us that. They were going to fix this. I got a call from the headquarters and they said, you know, this is messed up. We listened to your phone calls. We're going to fix this. So six months later, nothing had changed. It, it actually got worse, like that they're offering to call extended family, which makes no sense. 
for a fraud alert. But so we shared that. And then there was another article I talked about having to link thank you uh, accounts where you had to call in and you can't do it online. And it says you can do it online, but then it doesn't work. And so you have to call the number and they don't even really understand what you're talking about and all that stuff. Something that nobody else really makes you do. So I brought those things up and City took, uh, they said that it was the t- the tone of the articles and the, the words I used and the way I wrote it that upset them more so than me sharing my experiences. I, you know, I call a little bit of BS on that. I, I just don't think they like the bad press, but for whatever reason, they made that decision to call it quits with us, which is their right. That's kind of the backstory. It's an interesting one. It's interesting to get those emails. And uh, while we can't go into the details of everything, you know, it's just a reminder that uh, anytime you have to take advertising, there is, <laughs> anytime somebody has an advertiser, there is this sort of uh, a sort of thing that can happen. And thankfully, we've managed to avoid it this entire time with Miles to Memories. And you're right, cities within their right to, to do business with us or not. Um, are they trying to influence what we say? We do believe they are. And so we said that. Um, but as far as would I do business with them again? Sure. If they wanted to do business with us and didn't request us to say anything specifically, that's fine. You wrote uh, on Twitter, and I think it's important for anybody reading, we're not saying City has done us wrong. Don't ever do business with them again. You know, Ignore every credit card that they have. We won't be talking about them any differently here or on the website because that's our standard. That's the standard that we uh, go for as a website. And we've been doing that for over eight years now, and it's not going to change. So you're not going to see us suddenly... Uh, trash city in, in ways that we wouldn't have. I think I think that you've been more than fair with explaining their problems. And did you use a word or two that maybe they didn't like? You know, maybe you did, but uh, yeah, saying moron, I guess didn't. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, but yeah, and uh, and uh, talking about the Twitter thing, like somebody because I had put in there, and and I'll say it here too. If you are applying for a city card, this isn't the only podcast you listen to. We're not the only website you read. There's a ton of miles and points people out there and everybody has their favorites and stuff. If you are signing up for a city card because they don't have personal referrals and stuff like that, consider using somebody's link. You know, when you sign up, don't go direct. Use somebody, support somebody because creating this content isn't free. So I put that out there and somebody commented on Twitter. How can you say that? You know, after this situation, I said, you know, I'm still going to be a city customer. They still have solid products with good earning rates, uh, you know, great bonuses and stuff like that. Their customer service is usually not great. So that's a problem. And that's the purpose of writing these articles was a to get you guys, you know, to let you guys know what's going on and how I work through it. And B, hopefully they read it and make some adjustments. You know, hopefully we help out in some way that way. But to say don't do business with City because they screwed us in quotation marks uh, it wouldn't be right. It's not fair to you. And it, and it wouldn't be right of us to say that. And it's not even like we feel that way. So Sean loves his uh, AT&T card. I'm going to still use my <laughs> I'm going to still use way my premier much. card where when I don't get uh, frauded. That's the way it is. So but I'd also point out like, you know, we're both consumers of content. I am. Joe is, too. So all three of us are like if I was reading a website and then I found out they lost their links for a bank that they had been talking about and found out that then they started attacking that bank and started being disingenuous, I would think that that was terrible as a consumer of content. And, you know, that's the number one thing to come out is that we're just going to do things the same because we weren't ever doing it to get paid by city. We do need to pay the bills and we all, uh, we all are professionals and we know what we're talking about. We need to get paid, but uh, we found ways to do that without, uh, without compromising ourselves. And we won't do that. And like I said, it is what it is as far as that goes. But if you do value our content, you know, show support, 
through our stuff, and this is sort of a generic thing for any content creator, support them, let them know that you're there. Um, the sort of traditional advertising model is under a lot of stress as far as these sites go. That's why you might not see a lot of sites, mid-sized sites like ours, because it's just very difficult these days with, with a transition from, you know, the traditional advertising model to what we have here. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we'll still talk about city products exactly the same as we did before. The truth is, Mark will, will back me up on this. We never let commissions or links drive our content at all, not on this podcast, not on the website, and uh, it, won't, it won't do the same thing again. Of course, we do like it when, um, when something like, you know, Brex happened earlier this year, and that makes perfect sense to cover, and we can make money on it, and that's great, but we'll never just talk about something to, to make money. And so business as usual here, that's what happened with City, and we do appreciate uh, everybody's support. And Mark and I hate to ask for that on the podcast to say that out loud, but that's the model that we have here. Uh, if you get value from our content and you want it to keep going, you know, provide value back in the ways that we have through Patreon, through using our links, or you know, just through listening. If that's the best that you can do, we definitely appreciate uh, that as well. So no drama here, I guess. No big battle with us against City. I don't think that we would win that battle anyway, but uh, certainly uh, we wish them the best. And Joe, what do you think about all this? I spoke to you guys, actually, sorry, Mark, if I didn't uh, DM you, but, you know, I think it was a bit uh, thin-skinned of City. I think it's also short-sighted of them. As always, like, respect to you guys and the site for just being honest about your experiences. I know that, uh, as they say on Ted Lasso, Mark's language can get a little fruity, but <laughs> I don't think that was enough True. for... Uh, I don't. Th I don't. I just don't think that was enough to justify what City did. But it's their business. Um, they can decide. Like I've always said, you know, Sean and Mark, uh, I respect how you guys do business and how you're honest about what you're sharing about, and hopefully uh, people respect that as well. And so I think it sucks that City did this, but you know, you know, I got your back. If you decide to start drama with them, I'll run with you. Burn it down. <laughs> All right. Sounds <laughs> sounds good. All right. Well, let's. Uh, enough of that. Uh, let's talk about something cool, which is working remotely. Costa Rica passed a law this week allowing a one-year digital nomad visa. And I guess it's it's basically for people who make more than $3,000 a month, uh, have a job outside of the country, allows you to go to Costa Rica for a year. You, can, you can't work locally, but you can get like a bank account and you're allowed to drive there. You're allowed to live there. You don't pay tax on any of your income. Uh, it sounds pretty cool. I mean, Costa Rica has always been high on my list uh, it's one of the few Central American countries I haven't been to. Uh, where would you guys go? If you if, if you could choose like a one-year digital nomad, do your job anywhere remotely where you could like function for a year, where would it be? I find it the interesting, the the no um, taxes. And since you're not in the the U.S., would you not pay taxes there either? So like you're completely tax-free? That's kind of crazy. No, because I think you would, still, you would still keep your residence. We need Ryan. Uh, you, we need Ryan on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, that's. <laughs> I think beyond that, you need to obviously see a tax advisor, just because. Yeah, I don't know a lot about the way international stuff. Because I know, so I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. Yeah, Ryan. He uh, he's written a couple articles. You know how he's he's kind of homeless for the next couple months. His wife, you know, is working at a facility where she's living at the facility, and he can't live there. And then because he is an expat, he can only be in the U.S. so many days before the tax laws kick in. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I'm sure there's a way around it, but uh, you know that's not the main reason for doing it. But maybe it is if you make a lot of money and you work from home. 
<laughs> maybe that's something to consider. But yeah, I, I mean, with a family, I don't know if I could do the the whole remote thing for a long period of time, longer than like a month or so. I know a lot of people did it early on in the pandemic. They went to Florida or Myrtle Beach or where like down south and rented a house for a month or two um, or even went to hotels and stayed there for several weeks because they could work from their room. Um, so <clears throat> I can see the draw to it. You know, as a person with a family, kids going to school and stuff, I don't know if I'd want to take that on. But if I was, you know, younger or even single, heck yeah, I'd do it. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I think Sean asked us to think of where we would go. And I I don't know. I, I just don't think there's like one place that I would want to go. I don't think I would want to sit down, like settle down in a place for a year or something like that. But I feel like if you have had a year and maybe do three months in four different places, going off of uh, the road trip that I just came off of last week that I talked about, maybe just do it in four different places in the U.S. Maybe stay where it's warm uh, for four different times of year. I, you know, I'd love to do that. I think living in different places is even better than traveling to different places. Sometimes they don't turn out great. Familiarity may breed contempt, like uh, possibly in Tonga, but I'm not going to go to Tonga. But, you know, if I can find four different places to check out in the United States, you know, I think that would be a lot of fun. So I think working remotely, you know, that's the one thing about teaching, except for last year, I should have done it last year, but uh, not being able to work remotely is a real bummer. It's it, you bring up a good point. Being an American is sort of a superpower, right? Because the country is so big and diverse. And if you were from somewhere where, for instance, the winters are just nasty, you know, Northern Europe or something like that, I could see or Michigan. To, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> or Boston. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess. So there you go. But but you could just go to the southern United States, whereas if you're stuck in a country somewhere, uh, this gives you that whole change of scenery, where in the US, you can pretty much get any scenery if you really wanted to. So I, I definitely see that. I mean, Costa Rica, it does look like a cool country with its rainforests and uh, and all of that. But I would probably like you, Joe, I'm a traveler. So I would want to I would want to get moving. I don't know that it could contain me there for a year. Although I mean, yeah, that's a good point, Marcus, about the income stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll let people figure out their own income tax situations. But according to some commenters we have live, that certainly could be a viable thing, you know, to, to save on income tax if you went, uh, if it made sense. So I could see that that working for some people. But I like your idea, Joe. <laughs> Just a road trip instead. Visit Costa Rica because you can get a visa for 30 days and and, and do something else. Uh, I wouldn't mind, though. I, I was been, I've been thinking a lot about Fiji lately because that's my happy place. Uh, I once started a job where they made you visualize your happy place. And I, the Yasawa Islands in Fiji, which are these little islands off the main coast, are my happy place. So I was thinking about that. And I I would enjoy myself there for about two weeks, and then I would be bored out of my mind. But uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a year is a long that's time. That's the tough thing, like finding a place that, one, you want good climate, so you want a warmer place, you know, beachy type of thing, probably. But you also want something that has like a city or or a lot of commerce stuff to do, places to eat. Like, you you know, I, my first thought was the Bahamas, but and I know there's multiple islands so you could hop around and, and stuff like that and take day tours on boats and everything. But after a while, would you get tired of it? Plus, you have to, you know, factor in the cost of living, you know, cost of living at, in places like that are usually more expensive unless you're in like the South Pacific or something like that. So these are all things like what is that perfect place? A lot of people will say like a Thailand or something like that. But I don't know. Then you have to throw in what's the COVID protocols there and. And how is the medical facilities with all the stuff? So it's a lot to, you know, it's a lot to take on. And Well, this could be a way if you wanted to travel, if you really wanted to get away because you've been stuck with COVID of going someplace for a while without having to deal with too much of that, right? I mean, you 
you basically getting a visa to be there. And so it's a way of traveling long term without dealing with as much of the COVID stuff because you can deal with one country and go there and, and do all of that. I know for all of us, it's increasingly a headache as we look to our future travels a year and a half into this pandemic, trying to figure out where we're going to go or where are we going to plan again? Are we going to maybe we should talk about that on a future show? Because I'm having trouble with it, trying to mentally allow myself to think of trips next year when I really have no idea what it'll be like or or how I can plan that stuff. But yeah, and I know uh, so maybe this gives some peace of mind for that. I was gonna say Ian's on a trip right now, I believe, and he's going to Greece and everything in Europe just kind of is changing all of a sudden towards US travelers. And he's kind of on his way there. He doesn't know while he's there, are things gonna change. What you know, what's gonna happen? Are the rules gonna be different? Am I gonna be set with the stuff I brought the plan for, you know, all that type of things. And that's what you have to really focus on with travel, especially international travel is things can change on a dime. You don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're going to need. So you have to be really flexible and patient. And I'm not a very patient person. So it's something I struggle with for sure. Two more things that I would say is in general, my wife and I have agreed that like we never want to homeschool our children as the two teachers, teachers don't want to the teach their own kids. <laughs> we, you know, homeschooling is you really need the parent and the kids personality really has to match for homeschooling to it's work rough. out well. And we have three kids with three very different personalities. So even if we match two of them, there's going to be a third who we miss out. However, I would say that like, even though I can't work remotely, I don't, I wouldn't, put it past us to maybe homeschool the kids. This is the only reason why I would ever homeschool our kids to take a year off like Sean did. Maybe not travel the world. We're not that brave, but homeschool the kids for a year, go around the US. There's a lot you could take you can knock out all the history competencies you want, American history competencies you want, you know, traveling the US. And I think that would be a lot of fun. My wife and I might have to take sabbaticals, but you know, that's something that we can do uh, in the city of Boston. And have our jobs guaranteed for when we get back. So I think that would be a cool thing. I'm, you're getting me all excited I, for this trip, Joe, that you're taking. I know, John, I, I, like, the, sabbaticals, <laughs> what's that? I just quit. <laughs> the other thing the other thing that I would want to say, though, is I just want to be very clear. And I hate to uh, give Richard Kerr two shout-outs in the same podcast, but I am not buying an RV, okay? Rich and Ed Pizzarello, okay? I'm not going to turn into an RV podcaster or blogger. <laughs> Ed. Okay. I had one conversation with Ed about an RV uh, when I, uh, this is, I don't know, a year ago when I was doing a guest host or guest spot on his podcast. And my mind was dizzy with all the stuff he was having to go through. Dude, this is before he got it. And I've only seen the stuff on Twitter about every, how every insane. tweet, every tweet those two write about RVs, I'm like, why? just sounds so miserable. The only RV I would consider is you can rent RVs and get them parked at a campsite at Disney World for you. And someone will take care of all the stuff. <laughs> they park you know. it and set it and plug it in for you. <laughs> no, they do. They do. You're like, uh, can you clean the toilet over there? It's, it needs no, to be they, cleaned up. That's exactly what they do. We, I had a guest on Disney is Deciphered, and she talked about it, and it sounded great. It sounded like they had a lot of fun. They got the RV experience, but they didn't have to deal with anything. They had some like, there's I don't know whatever they have to do with the toilet. The per the company that rented them the RV, they came out in the middle of the week and they took care of that. So they didn't have to worry about any of that. So they had a lot of fun. Disney magic. That's the only RV Disney magic. Just, you know, you go to the it's park not Disney one day and the RV, clean. But the, no, I'm yeah, saying yeah, they, but, they they got it worked. They got it figured out. But that probably costs more than a hotel room to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, they did it because of, they did it mostly because of COVID considerations. Uh, for those of you who know Disney prices, you know, they rented a campsite at Fort Wilderness and they rented the RV. It ended up being between moderate and deluxe prices. 
of hotel, so maybe like three fifty a night for the so whole like thing. But they had a lot of fun. An so. arm and a leg. They said their kids had a blast. Yeah. Not everything. Or a five star hotel <laughs> off of Disney property. So. Yeah. Four grand. The, the new JW Marriott. <laughs> Right yeah, I, I don't know about that. I just want to put it for the record. I didn't put any Disney stuff on the itinerary this week, and Joe figured out a way he, he, uh, he to work weasels it in, there. it in there every time. Because I, I didn't know we should talk about Disney World annual passes or not, but and we're not. So nah, nobody cares about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, nobody so. cares about that. No, but like I think renting an RV is kind of cool. You know, Ryan rode up his uh, in up in Canada, hitting the national parks up there, and even when I was in Alaska, that was a big thing that we were on the boat tour with uh, some people and they were like, we rented this RV and it was basically the same cost as the car rental. And then we didn't, we, we canceled all our hotels and saved a ton of money and you can kind of park wherever. So I think depending on where you go, it can make sense. But yeah, I don't know that I could live in it for a year. And how long you keep it too, because you know, if you can have it for a few days like Ryan did, but not have to do with all the yeah. the maintenance stuff and the, then that's the way to do it. I think, I think our kids would have a blast in an RV but I'm not, I'm just not trying to deal. Like, I don't like dealing with the crap that I have to do with my house. And now I have a house on wheels that I got to take care of. There's like, a- <laughs> I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't have, a, I don't have a septic tank. So I don't need to worry about that nonsense here. If I had an RV for longer than a week, you know, I'd have to worry about that. I'm good. There's something like, to say about but if someone does it for me, small spaces too. Cause you know, if we go up to the cottage, which cottage is like 600 square feet and there's no, there's no insulation. So there, there's no soundproofing or anything. So you can't watch TV while they're sleeping because it keeps them awake basically unless you're in the bedroom so you know and that after four or five days you, it really wears on you and you're like okay i gotta i gotta get out of here because there's just too many people on top of me and an rv would be even worse so yeah i don't think i could do it for longer than a trip all right rv segment over <laughs> added it in are you sure you don't want to give uh give the richard kerr a third plug uh, before we're oh, we still i'll, got, I'll we try still to work more it show. in okay yeah i'll try to work it in you know go for three all right. Well, so we talked about like working remotely because obviously people are doing all kinds of crazy stuff with their miles and points, traveling different ways, staying home. And I know in, internally there's this big debate with uh, Schwab cashing out American Express points. I'm, you know, I've been on the side of not doing it. Now that I've been getting all these offers lately, all these 150K offers and 90K offers, now I'm sort of like, eh, maybe I should have cashed some points out. Uh, but we're down to what? A couple days left if the people have one their day. Schwab Platinum to be able to... <laughs> by the time, one day left. By the oh, yeah, time by this the time rolls this out, out, it'll yeah. be done. Dunzo. So yeah, so the ability to cash out American Express points at 1.25 cents each going away. So if you're listening to this right when it comes out and you have the card, you know... Timely content. <laughs> <laughs> time to do it. I mean, are you guys doing it? I mean, I, I'm not clearly, so uh, I'm out of this discussion, but... I um, have... What you doing? I actually have a post coming out tomorrow, uh, which will be Tuesday, uh, the last day available for it, saying why I'm not doing it, which is kind of surprising because, you know, I did it six months ago or whatever. I cashed out every single membership rewards point I had, and I've recouped all those. I cashed in like 500,000. So I've already recouped all those plus another 100K. And part of it was like the motivation aspect. I, I really wasn't going after deals and stuff, and I didn't feel all that motivated because we weren't traveling. We had a whole bunch of cancellations. So I was sitting on a ton of points. And usually I'm like getting a sign up bonus to pay to pay for the next trip that I'm booking a year out, you know, so it's, it's pretty like last second inventory type of thing. So this was kind of new to me. And I'm like, I don't like this feeling. So I cashed them all out. And I'm kind of in that same boat. You know, I still have a ton of hotel points, still have a, a, a decent stack of airline miles. And I have travel already booked, you know, for the, the future. So 
do I really need these 600,000 points? Not really, but I still have cash left over from the last cash out. I, I burned a lot of it in Alaska, as you heard on this podcast, but there's still, <laughs> there's still a chunk left. So that also doesn't motivate me so much. And I'm cutting it to the point that I want FU points, which if you've ever watched some movies where they're like, do you have FU money where you can do whatever you want because you have enough money? It doesn't matter. It's kind of like fire. Fire people tend to still work, but they don't have to work. They do something they want. So I kind of want that level of points so I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And I don't have to worry about the cost. Like I don't want to be searching for saver flights or flying with connection because it's the cheapest price. I want to just go when I want to go, where I want to go and not worry about the cost. Again with the fruity language, Mark. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I amazingly, I never got the Schwab Platinum, so this was not hundred K, Joe. For me. Why is it so awkward to say that word out loud? Like, I I can read the word and I hear it in my head just fine. Every time I I go to say it out loud, it like I have to hesitate. What, fruity? No, a Schwab. It just sounds Schwab. weird coming out of my mouth. Schwab sounds like I don't know. Schwing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> nice. Gosh, how have you not watched Wayne's World since the 90s or whatever? Come on, man. See, I just anyway, gave it to you because of uh, the Twitter thing. So there you go. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Anyway, I do not have the Schwab card. However, I think I've said on here, I generally don't like cashing out my points for money, even though that's the sound financial thing to do. But it's like Mark saying, like, I like to use points as, you know, FU money, right? Like, it's not actual money. Of course, I can do all the math and redeem it, but it's just it's just not as fun for me uh to do that of course at this point i would do anything to uh get on a long-haul flight overseas but in in normal times you know i like having the points so and then again like we have to buy five seats so even if we're buying in the economy it's good to have the points around so i i would not have done this either but i know it's morally offensive to benji so (laughs) i love uh pdx deals guys uh comment on the live chat in our our diamond lounge. So basically Mark wants to totally 180 is strategy strategy. Yes. That is exactly what I, what I did. I have the ex- he did that. Same- he did that on, with Bethany the other day on something. I forget what it was. And she freaked <laughs> out. Like something out she's been disagreeing. Stuff. I don't but yeah, it's like the same setup as it was six months ago, but you know, parameters are different. I still have that money in the, the, the account. So I don't really want to just throw more money on top of something I might not use just because I've rather, you know, plus, I'm a little exhausted over the last six months of, of kind of going after these points. So I kind of want like to settle in a little bit and get a little breather. <laughs> you want to swim in your points metaphorically like DuckTales. Yes. Like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yes. I love it. Another DuckTales reference. No, I mean, the thing that sucked for me is that like, I haven't been getting targeted for much throughout this with American Express. And then all of a sudden they dropped 250 K biz plat offers on me. Then they've dropped a third and a fourth, which I can't get yet, but I still have ability to apply for two more business platinum 150Ks plus two business gold 90Ks, my wife and I. And so now I'm looking at like all these, I had my plan, my points kind of set and now I'm going to have way too many points. And now I'm like, ah, I should have cashed them out, but it's, it's, you know, you still not, have a not day. enough to you actually make a day. I know, I know a couple days. <laughs> He's making it seem like I it's too to. late. It's not too late. I know, I know. So it wasn't enough to move me, but at least I'm, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the fence as far as realizing that it could be prudent for me at some point uh, Another, to do it. Another thing. Wait, oh. you said 250. You meant 150, right? Two, two times. So my wife and I each have 150K offer. Okay. And okay. I, yeah. I heard Joe 250 and, and I was like, whoa, we're getting, you gotta, we're getting dangerous. Yeah. Hey, so two times do it back. He yep. said two one. 
He said 250. Yeah, but if you look at that, though, just between the 250K offers, which we've already done and gotten the points for, and then the 290K offers, which we just got targeted for this week, that's 500,000 points right there. Um, so, you know. Look at you. Look not, at you, not something I hadn't. No, but that's, you know, it could be money, right? I'm, la- I'm laughing because I'm still on this 250 thing. He said 250. So it okay. sounded like okay. 250. <laughs> no, I believe I said it like that. That's why I didn't challenge yeah. you on it. I believe I said it like in a, where if you listen back, you'll hear what my intention was, but how it could have sounded different. This is but great. This is great content. Absolutely yeah, great content. Just... So, yeah, I'm not cashing out, I, I think. But maybe you'll maybe I'll change my mind <laughs> over the next two days. That's another, that's the conclusion here. Another thing I looked at was, you know, it's dropping to 1.1 cent per point, And it, I looked at my 600K and I was like, OK, if I cashed out the difference in that, you know, going from 1.25 to 1.1 is a $900 difference. And that's a decent chunk of money, but it's not like astronomical. If I was in the millions or something considering this, then that those numbers would change uh, to cover that to go nine hundred dollars the, the other way above one point two five cents is just like one point four one cents in travel, which I think I can do fairly easily. So I can swing it, you know, a whole one eighty basically. And that's something I considered. I would look at that as well. You know, is it really worth it if you're talking about a couple hundred thousand points? Where the the payoff is two three hundred dollars, is that worth it to you? Would you be better off just holding on, hoping for more value down the line, and you can still cash out and give up a couple hundred dollars, which isn't a huge thing. So that's kind of I wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, it's a good point. It's so easy to overthink this stuff, and when you boil it down to what's the actual difference in value, a few hundred bucks. Okay, do I want to maximize everything? Sure, but is it worth like? spending weeks of my life trying to figure this out or kicking myself in the butt down the line if I don't do it. No, this isn't the type of deal that you're going to do that. I do hope that uh, Delta brings back that two cent uh, Delta vacations. Thing then you'll feel I'll like a genius. My, <laughs> yeah, I'll transfer all my points over there at two cents and, uh, and not, go, like not go to Hawaii the again. <laughs> I, I still got that certificate burning a hole in my... Well, in a way, I cashed out that that money, right? Because I got that certificate. So yep. uh, yeah, there you go. All right, well, uh, real quick on the site this week, Ryan wrote about the Hyatt card and it's not getting a lot of attention and you wanted to bring attention to it because it's the double, the double elite night credit offer. Um, but it's, it requires 15 K spend Mark. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Do you think, you know, the fact that you're getting double elite nights, it's the same Hyatt credit card that we know and love 60,000 points after 15 K spend. Plus you're getting the free night every year uh, because you're making the 15 K spend. Is that worth jumping on now? Even though we saw, easier offers to get elite status earlier in the year? I think if you are interested in Hyatt status, it's worth it. You know, because the 15K spent, Hyatt is, uh, the world of Hyatt card is switching to calendar year starting next year for their 15K free night spent. So basically you can get two free nights, you know, if you spend 30K in your first year card membership, because you have until you sign up now until December 31st to spend the 15K, you'll get the sign up bonus in full, the 60,000 points. Plus, you'll get the free night certificate. Then starting January 1st, that clock resets so you can spend another 15K before your anniversary in August or whatever. And you could get a second free night cert. And then you can decide if you want to keep the card or not. So that's kind of a a unique feature that you don't see any other other time. This is like a one-time thing. Also, the nice thing about that 15K in spend is you get six elite nights for the spend because you get two nights per $5,000 in spend. So you've got six nights from that, five nights from holding the card. The global status has dropped from 60 nights to 30 nights. So that knocks 11 nights right off the top. If you've stayed at Hyatt hotels already there, you knock those nights off and then you get double credits on all your stays. 
so we're talking, you know, it could be from five to 10 nights that you need to do on top of this spend to get global status, which everybody, most everybody, everybody with a brain, there's my, there's my, uh, saucy language again. <laughs> Anybody that has a brain thinks global status is the best. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. But it is like, you know, what everybody kind of puts as their top tier status, especially for hotels. But, you know, I put it above a lot of airline status. So if you are interested in that, don't do it just because everybody says global status is great. Only do it if you normally would stay at high at hotels anyway. You'll get it for the rest of this year and you'll get it for all next year, plus the first couple months of 2023 because their status expires February. So you'd have it until February of 2023. So it's something to consider for sure. If you're on the fence, especially if you've had high at night stays already, if you've had five or 10 stays uh, this year so far, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, if you're the you know the person who was looking at some of those deals earlier in the year and you kind of regret not getting it and you think you're going to use the status even a handful of times over the next year, year and a half, it's certainly worth it. I mean, I've, I've held the status, I think, six years now in a row, and I, there's so many more of you globalists now, but uh, it's certainly a deal worth looking at. Ryan wrote in a whole article on it, and we do think it's getting overlooked, so uh, take a look at that if you want a, more of a breakdown. I think Mark gave us a perfect a breakdown of why you might want to consider Zinga right in the two beer zone where everything makes sense. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Which means that everything we record after here is uh, yeah. all downhill. Adam, you ready? Uh, MTM <laughs> Vegas is coming up next. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we are re recording the MTM Vegas podcast uh, this week with uh, Travel Fanboy. So that'll be out later in the week. If you like MTM, or like Las Vegas, check out our uh, MTM Vegas podcast. A shameless plug there. Uh, let's move on to Rapid Fires. Mark, start us off. Yeah, so I wrote an article that posted today for City, and you know, just to show you no hard feelings, it was actually a positive City article, uh, talking about how I used my wife, my player two, to boost up my American Airlines uh, mileage points. She had been sitting on thank you points uh, from her City Premier sign up, and and just from regular spend and custom cash as well. She signed up for that and got that bonus. And I was, you know, when American Airlines first came out, originally I was going to cash out all the points. American Airlines uh, came out as a sh short-term transfer partner. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to change my plans. I'm not going to cash it out one cents a piece. I'm going to transfer it to American Airlines. And I thought, I'll just transfer it to her American Airlines account, and then I can book flights for myself if I need to. But I hate her having miles uh, when I could have them. And if I ever get status from... Are you the same way, Joe? Because he told me that. <laughs> I, I can't... I'm the same way. Like, I want them in my account. Yeah. I don't know why. It's stupid. Well, and then, like, you know, Hyatt always rolls out these uh, things with American Airlines where they, you know, give you a status match or whatever. So I want those miles in there in case I have status. You know, it just makes more sense. Plus, it's easier to book things. What do you think, Joe? Is, is that right? I like to have them in yeah. my account. Yeah. So. It's just uh, someone has to call. Yeah. Uh, oh, know, perfect. Don't know. points. Don't want to burn those on that. <laughs> so anyway. I'm thinking about this and all of a sudden it dawns on me, which I should have thought easily, but oftentimes we overlook the simple solution. One of the great things about thank you points is you can transfer points to anybody, family, not family, friends, whatever. You know, normally they expire in a short period of time, like 60 or 90 days, which kind of sucks. But knowing that I was going to immediately transfer into American Airlines, I didn't care about that. So I had her transfer me uh, her thank you points that I transferred into my American Airlines account and I had merged my rewards plus card with my account. So I got 10% back that way. So that's a way to maximize your rewards plus if only one of your one of your household has it transfer points from one to the other and then cash it out that way. So just a simple thing that I should have thought of way sooner. But you know, things like that, we often overlook. How about you, Joe? 
My rapid fire is not applicable to me, but Hyatt and American are offering a new fast track path to look at that synergy status. that we just had. I just talked about that. I know. <laughs> yep. Danny Danny wrote this up. Uh I wanted to point this out. You know, he wrote up one of the deals that is happening. However, there are a lot of various uh, AA and Hyatt synergistic status deals that are going on right now. And some of them involve, uh, you know, you can just do credit card spend depending on what it is. So I just advise that you do your research. You know, the one that Danny put up is good, um, but there are also other options out there as well. So uh, if you are a Hyatt elite, especially if you're a Hyatt globalist, by the way, like it was said in the chat, Globus status is totally not worth it. So ignore what Mark said about that credit card that Ryan wrote up. But uh, <laughs> it says uh, global status is totally not worth it. Don't bother doing it. Parentheses says every current globalist. And that was what I was going to say about that card. But uh, yeah, anyway, if you do have global status, if you do have globalist status, you know I do think it's very worth looking into this AA status match because you can get Platinum Pro or pl- I don't know what they're you know I don't pay attention to AA anymore but I know this is you really, can get one of their high this elite. Is really hurting you talking. This hurts so much to talk about. Yes, I know it's killing me. Yeah, I think I got it's as wor- I think uh, Hyatt and AA gave me Executive Platinum status here's, in 2019 here's Sean and that got extended. The wound for you. Yeah, I was I couldn't yeah. wait. You see how I had to like just read cut like, right oh, in. Read the room. No, I I did I did read the room. I absolutely read did room, read the room. Sean. I read it. Gosh, I read the room. You're supposed to be the nice one. My gosh. But anyway, anyway, so, I think I think out. 15k spend on an AA credit card gets me another year of executive platinum status. So I, yeah, it's uh it's pretty good. And I saw some friends got Joe got uh, AA amenity kits sent to them from Hyatt. In American Airlines too, so I didn't get that. Friends, I feel kind of bad about that. Joe, Joe's gone. He walked off. He's he mad. He could, with City earlier. Yeah, he he could take the uh, he could take a lot, but those amenity kits getting sent out in the mail that's that's a hard one to the miss. The amenity out on. kits was a bridge too far. Yeah. A bridge too far. But yeah, anyway, check your emails. Uh, check your AA Hyatt status match type situations because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Which hopefully by 2022, 20. And into 2023, we're going to be flying a lot more, so that'll be good to have. What's your uh, rapid fire, Sean? Well, speaking of Hyatt, Joe, Chase has a new offer for uh, Hyatt, actually for several different brands. So that's like a triple thing. We just went from one to the other to the other. That was pretty cool. But actually, Chase has some cool offers. Hyatt, Southwest, Best Buy. One that got me incredibly jealous, AT&T Fiber. If you have AT&T Fiber in your area, $100 back because I can't get good internet to to save my life. So (laughs) No, that was... That was Cox Communications. Oh, okay. I wish I could get AT&T Fiber. But actually, for Hyatt, there's uh, two versions, 15% back, uh, up to $37, 10% back, up to $25. There's a 10% back on Southwest, a 10% back on Best Buy. So certainly worth looking at your Chase cards to see if you have these these offers and uh, and loading them. Uh, you know, pretty decent size uh, maximums, too. So not a terrible discount rest in, overall. Rest in peace, Best Buy gift card reselling. Rest in peace. Eh, it's not completely it's not gone. completely but it's not good <laughs> yeah it's very niche at this point although going back to the fourth in the fourth quarter hopefully there'll be a huge yes rise in demand and we might see uh we might see uh need for those cards again all right that's going to do it for us this week joe where can people find you when they're not listening to the mtm podcast you can find me at as joe flies on all of your social media applications and you can connect with me for all my other stuff there what about you mark you can follow me on twitter at detroit mark email me mark at miles to memories.com comment on any of the articles on the website uh join our facebook groups our patreon groups you know private message me on facebook uh, lots of ways how about you sean 
I just want to say thank you to everybody, all the new members in our Patreon group yes, after very much. talking about it last week and um, you know, writing a post about it. We've had a lot of new people join and it's been incredible to to get to see them join and getting to know them, getting them in the Slack and the Facebook and just thank you to everybody who has uh, continued to support us and continues to support us, whether it's just listening or reading, uh, whether you apply through our links, whether you're a Patreon uh, member, we thank you all. And of course, milestomemories.com for 40, 50 posts per week, plus everything else there. And don't forget, if you really like the show and you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave us uh, reviews in Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're trying to make a push for that lately, and it's, it's helping us out a lot. So thanks so much for listening. Talk to you guys next 40 time. 40 and 50 posts per week, zero city links. <laughs> <laughs> that saucy language. Uh, Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week. It's pretty. it what the hell oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, that was weird uh yeah. did you hit the hit wrong the button <laughs> no my mouse i hit the back button and it like went back no to the drama main. huh no, no drama, drama huh no drama you just, yeah. you just oh, I, you I know just, joe has just, the original of that just, no, no drama huh? here and then he just leaves drop the mic we and get him, out I, that's I, it he's like we we he's like we we wish them the best Exactly. Mic drop. I should have just never come back either. And you guys could have just been like trying to figure out what to do with the show without me. I quit. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. No, see, it wouldn't be a show if Sean didn't have some sort of an issue or not. So since my internet's been working well. Yeah, you got to finish that sentence. No drama here.